0: Sounds like we're ready for me to say, last time on Distinguished Adventures, our companions have found the mysterious campsite they were sent to investigate in the tunnels under Yang Jing. There were signs of a battle and one dead body showing huge slash marks as well as a strange hidden symbol. Then everyone became aware that there's creatures stalking them in this cavern and they're about to get attacked. And that's where we begin tonight. Welcome to Distinguished Adventurers. I am your humble DM, Lauren. Tonight, I am in my lovely Mass Effect mug because I am the galaxy's best commander. It makes me happy. I have ginger ale because, I mean, the ginger ale is great. I was honestly just way more excited about the Mass Effect mug because I love this mug. Also, you know what? I love our Patreon patrons. They're awesome. And in fact, today's episode is dedicated to one of those patrons, Matthew J. Mengers, thank you for all of your support and for sticking with us through uh, several campaigns and lots of other shows. And this episode is for you. Jules, who are you playing? What are you drinking? Hi,
1: everybody. I'm playing Una, and I am going to make the bubbly subreddit really unhappy. This is they are not sponsored, us but this is my plug for the bubbly subreddit <laughs> okay which <laughs> okay. so i think is populated mostly by canadians considering all the cans have french and english on them that i'm seeing people post i'm drinking good good spicy water i'm drinking pc optimum lime knockoff bubbly <laughs> okay and i have oh This is the best thing. We make crack, well, we, Stephen made cracker candy. I taught him how to make it. He makes it very well now. Does a good job. And so I've got cracker candy and a little bit of the chocolate you got me for Valentine's Day.
0: Nice. Nice. John, who are you playing? What you drinking?
2: Hey, y'all. I am John. I am playing your Arcana Cleric, uh, Zefalen. And today I have white grape juice, which was my white wine substitute for our anniversary dinner earlier this month.
0: Ooh, is it a sparkly? I love spark-
2: it is not sparkly. It's just regular white
1: <laughs> grape juice.
0: It's still good. It sounds fancy still. I love
1: grape juice.
0: Yeah. I mean, sugar is sugar. Uh, and and if you can't get it in candy form, you might as well get it in sugary drink form. And I have no transition from that to Jack, who you playing, what you drinking?
3: Good people of the Radiant Citadel. Love Epidens' Choice this evening is a combination of Laird's Applejack and Fresca. It's not as bad as it sounds, actually. Um, I had been avoiding alcohol for a little bit, and I finally reached a point in my health goals where I'm actually comfortable drinking again. So, yay!
0: Hey! Congratulations! And actually, when you mentioned what it was, I was kind of intrigued. So I'm glad that it, it's, it is actually better than what some people think it sounds like. And finally, last but certainly not least, Jonathan, who are you playing? What you drinking? Hey, this is Jonathan.
4: I play your goblin barbarian, El Torito. And today, I am drinking a classic. It is... Diet cola and rum—something mm. I have not had Ooh. in quite a while. It's Friday night.
0: I don't. And you're feeling alright? Yeah, <laughs>
4: I don't have to be anywhere until uh, until one p.m. tomorrow when the uh, Titans of Yui will attempt to conquer the galaxy in Twilight Imperium. Cheers!
1: Oh, Twilight, you're going to be playing that for like seventeen hours.
4: Uh, <laughs> we've got it down to about eight. Oh,
0: that's that's pretty that's, good. Yeah, that's. As as someone who hasn't been able to get it under 12 yet, that is impressive.
4: Yes, so basically we we play a slight little variant where, like, by the rules, you either play to 10 or 14 uh, victory points. We have found that 14 is way too long, 10 is way too short, so we play till 12. And hmm. that has made for a lot of shenanigans where I miscounted my victory points, sent my flagship off to a, a mission where they were not supposed to win, Won, it, won the battle anyway, prevented one player from scoring their victory points before me, thinking I had won the game and realizing that I was a point short. Wah, wah. That's,
0: that's, that's, that's hard. That's but tomorrow,
4: hard. I will have revenge.
1: Your rum and coke made me think about the fact that this weekend, I paid 15 American dollars for a rum and coke. And I would like to... Know, yeah, yeah, I did. I did pay 15 American...
0: 15
1: USD for a rum and coke. At a bar.
0: It depends on the size, but I, I the listeners I mean, at home, everybody in this call kind of gave a... Ah. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It was good. I'm like, sitting
2: here trying to figure out what that is in Canadian.
0: That's
1: like seven, <laughs> probably after taxes, straight up 20. Yeah, yeah. So, and I was in New York, so I like expected it to be high, but like not that high. What I want to know, what is... For a regular drink, I'm not talking like, oh, you bought this very fancy cocktail. I'm talking like one of your standard made-at-any-bar drinks like rum and coke or whiskey sour. What is the most that you have paid? Ooh. Because you would remember because it hurt.
0: So here's what I'm going to do. While everybody thinks about that, go ahead and roll initiative because we're about to get in a fight. And as I go around the horn to ask you what your initiative roll is... You can give your answer. So I'll give my answer now while you all take care of that. I'm trying to remember because we went to, because uh, this was specifically at a, the bar in the hotel at Pax Unplugged many, 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 many years ago. If I remember correctly, for a, a mid-level whiskey, because they had quite a selection and I did have some of the more expensive ones, it was like 20 bucks for a glass. It was quite a bit.
1: The water was free that I got with it because I'm 36 and there will not be a glass of any alcohol without a big glass of water.
0: Same, same. Zeph, what did you get and how much did you pay for your most expensive drink?
2: Uh, Zeph rolled a 16 on their initiative uh, and since it's been over six years since my last alcoholic beverage, I don't remember <laughs> the most expensive hey, drink I had.
1: I'm, that seems like an achievement in and of itself that uh, deserves some congratulations. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Up next, El Torito, what's your initiative and what's your most expensive drink?
4: Initiative is 13 and most expensive drink. Uh, it's also been a while for me, but just because I haven't gone to any bars in a long, in a very long time, it's got to be like low 20s, so $21, $22 or something like that.
0: Especially if you end up in a hotel bar. A hotel are bar or like you're, prices. you're at yeah. a place
4: after dark when you're going out yeah. after 9... 9 p.m., yeah, you're going to pay a premium.
0: All right. Thaviapin, what would you roll, and what's your most expensive drink?
3: I got a 17, or I should say Thaviyappen got a 17. And uh, the most expensive drink I got was probably like 38 bucks. I want to say it was a cocktail from a place called Ozzy. This is back in the days where I was not even counting the money I was spending trying to impress my wife.
1: <laughs> it, we're married.
3: So I don't know if it worked or she's just like, this guy's bad with money. He needs help. She's um, a an
1: accountant, out. and I
0: like how you look, so let's do this. Maybe a little <laughs> bit of both. Uh, and finally, Una, would you roll for your initiative, and what's your most expensive drink? I got an 11.
1: You know, the, I think this one just stands out in my mind because I don't go out and drink that much anymore. It's like I wasn't there for, like, the drink. Uh, I was there for the people I was with, which is really why you go out. Yeah. And we went to this dive bar. Two of Stephen's friends live in New York. They're wonderful, wonderful. I don't know if you guys got a chance to meet them at our wedding, but they are big fans of Stephen King. There is a bar that in New York City that is the connecting bar that appears in two of his novels. I think one of them is the Stand.
0: Oh, it's the other real, is probably one of the gunslinger novels. Yeah, one of the Dark Tower novels, I should say. Yeah, yeah. When
1: I was like, you guys want to meet up? Andrew was like, okay, we can go to this fancy place, or we can go to this dive bar. And I had no chance to respond. George goes, dive, 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 dive. And I was like, I guess we're going to a dive bar. It was not that much of a dive. I want to say our three rum and Cokes were only slightly more expensive <laughs> than one rum and Coke at the venue that I was at the next night. And I was just like, yes, I think right now that is what as an adult that is like actually physically paying attention to, like, exactly how much everything costs, that one sticks out in my mind pretty hard yeah. because it's...
3: Car payment plus mortgage.
1: <laughs> mortgage. But mostly, like, it really is, holy shit, this is, this is 15 this money. My money in my money, this is, like, I add five, I think is why this sticks out to me.
0: Yeah, especially when the exchange rate is so bad. I have no transition into our fight. <laughs> Let's Except get angry about like- mortgage payments and kill some shit. There you go. There you go. Let me set the scene for everybody to remind you all to let our viewers at home know that there is a physical map that our players are looking at. We're going to do our best to describe what we're doing in ways that, you know, people can follow along. And for the players who are in front of me, even though there is a map, I am still rule of cool theater of the mind. If you are like, hey, is there a this there or can I do a this? I will help make it work. The map is mostly for spatial awareness and also because I think the D&D Beyond map thing is cool. What you all see, you've entered this fairly large cavern that uh, you've come in from the east and there is an exit to the west. There's a large column in the middle of this huge cavern kind of splitting it up like a donut. And on the far northeastern side, there's a little alcove that is where you have all been investigating where this campsite is, this old campsite. Zephalin and El Torito are currently up by the campsite next to the the long dead fire pit because they had been looking at the body that was up there. Una and Thaviapin are a little ways away. Basically, there's like a five foot rise to this alcove. And so they're on the other side of that five foot rise. And if I remember correctly, there is no light going on. So Una cannot currently see. Not a goddamn thing. Now, what I'm going to describe to you, none of you can really see clearly because it is pitch dark and this is a respectable distance away. But you probably see it on the map. Una, you'll hear a lot of this because what basically Thaviyappan and Una picked up was a combination of Thaviyappan's magical... Uh, senses going off and seeing something in the distance and Una hearing the sound of claws. And so you see three figures. They had been stalking around kind of in what you figure would be getting behind you. And one of them is way larger than the other. You can't really make out too many discerning features, but it does look like it's a four-legged creature of some sort, but it is big. It is larger than any of you for sure. There are two other creatures with them that are way smaller, that they're tiny. And you can't make out any detail, but you do hear the flapping of wings and feathery wings, you're pretty sure. Feathery, not leathery. I'm going to say you can tell the difference between feathery and leathery. That, that was so hard to say. Wow. Whew. But that's kind of the weird dichotomy. Like Thaviyappen, as you are looking at where these creatures are, you can make out a silhouette of the, the big one and you can maybe almost discern that there's like a a beak and four legs and something. The two tiny creatures that the flapping is coming from, if you didn't know where to look, you wouldn't see them at all. They're practically shadows. All right, with all of that said, I'll put the initiative in our chat just so everybody has an uh, a way of keeping track of it so you can get prepared. But Thavi you are up first. What would you like to do?
3: Ooh, okay. So uh, where are the creatures in the map in relation to where we are? Like if there are way to map them or when you see them, you can see them right now, right?
0: You should be able to see them. So you are kind of uh, to the middle north of the map. The three creatures are coming around the big central column. You watched as the big one and one of the small ones moved in that direction. They're going uh, counterclockwise. At this moment, you can only see, you can't even really see, but you you hear this one tiny creature, but you did catch them moving counterclockwise.
3: So I'll talk about what I have in mind. If anyone has ideas or want to do yes and it, let me know. But my intent or my thought is, you know, to slow them down. So I have a spell called Slow that'll do that. Just cast on all three of them. And then that'll at least give us a little bit of time to sort of at least get together. And, uh, you know, I am I'm squishy now. I'm <laughs> like a, a wizard and I cast Mage Armor. But even then, my AC's not great. So I am want to cast Slow, I believe, on them.
0: All right. I believe uh, the three of them make saving throws for that. What's that saving throw? All
3: right. So it is a wisdom saving throw or they will be effective for the spell duration.
0: So here's the two tiny creatures. One of them rolled a 21. Ooh, that saves. The second one rolled an 11.
3: That fails.
0: You should see on the map, there should be two colored circles around two of these creatures, a blue one and a red one. And for our listeners at home, the one that basically is out of sight of Thaviyappan. He knows it's there, but he can't currently see it. That one saved. The blue one. The red one failed. And then the d- d- big guy um, rolled a 15?
3: 15 saves.
0: All right. Um, so let me know what happens on both a save and a fail, because I I don't remember if slow has a like a half damage if you succeed.
3: So yeah, the effective target speed is halved. It takes a minus two penalty to AC and Dexterity saving throws, and it can't use reactions. On its turn, it can either use a reaction, use either an action or a bonus action, not both. Regardless of the creature's abilities or magic items, it can't make more than one melee or ranged attack during its turn. So at least it's one. Not so bad.
0: No, definitely that, and and the one that you can't see. All right, what does Thaviapen do to cast this spell? Like, is there any anything that he says or does or moves, or is there any smells or? What do we see, hear, smell, taste, and touch for Thubby Eppin?
3: So, Thubby Eppin does a lot of children's shows, and it's not very polite or kind to tell them to shut the hell up, so what he does instead is he puts his hands up in a very dramatic gesture to get them to slow down, and he lets his hands go down slowly. And people universally take it as a sign to grow still, to go quiet, to slow down a bit. So he also uses this when he cast slow. Mm. Oh,
1: I really like the idea.
3: My dad used to say quietness prevails instead of telling us to shut up, which was very, very classy of him.
0: Quietness prevails. I love it. All right. Uh, would you like to move or do a bonus action?
3: I think I'm going to move. I'm a little bit worried about, like, if I'm going to be visible to Una if I move those. So. But she has um, a Zeph's uh, familiar, right? What's your being's name again? Gizmo. Gizmo, that- yeah. She has Gizmo, so Gizmo could probably guide her, I would imagine.
2: I mean, it's not really... We'll see.
0: There is some guidance that can happen, but it is going to be difficult to do some things. Yes, as I was checking
1: my spells, it will be difficult to do most
3: things.
2: I got you, don't worry. It's, It's not Gizmo that's gonna let you see.
3: All right, so I am going to move, but I'm going to move loudly. I'm not going to try and be quiet at all so that Una at least has a chance of knowing where I'm heading. So I am going to head up this little hill thingy here. Yeah, I'm doing it loudly enough that you can hear me. And I'm heading towards uh, El Torito and Una Una's going
1: to say, what are you, Where are you going? You leaving me here? You clean me here with the feathers? With the feathers? No, no just,
4: with the feathers. Just, just, just just, Una thinks. It's fine.
1: <laughs> Una
4: exasperated. Thing.
1: I can't see a goddamn thing to complete me with whatever that is and you did the thing, I don't know what you did, I
0: know you did something, you made it mad.
3: So I'm just gonna end my turn where I am, a little bit safer, and hopefully you will find your way to us.
0: All right, Zeph, you're up next.
2: All right, seeing Faviapen coming up here and that Una is a little lost, did I have eyes on Big Bird? Because I have dark vision 60 feet and I was, I was within 10 feet, so like, as I started moving, would I have had eyes on Big Bird?
0: Everyone knows that there are creatures there. Only Thaviyappan and Una have a a more specific idea because they're the ones that kind of heard and saw what was going on. So Zeph and El Torito, you you know vaguely where they are and you know that they are there thanks to your companions. But uh, where you are right now, you actually... You know what? Give me a perception check. Let's see if you can see that one that is actually in your line of sight. Fourteen. You know what? Yeah, you can very, very faintly see...
2: The outline of something.
0: The the one that Thaviyappan did manage to slow.
2: Cool. All right, so I see Big Bird and Little Bird, and then I see Una looking, and I assume in this cavern that we are there are some loose rocks nearby. Oh, yeah. I will pick up one of them. I will cast Light on it. And then I will toss it right over about 10 feet from Una in okay. this general area, which will then give bright light for 20 feet and dim for an additional 20, so hopefully she can now see.
0: Oh, yeah. Una, the space lights up. Can they now see me? Yes. Well, you would have to assume.
2: I would I assume that they already saw
4: you. based. Why like- is Carlton Tank's...
2: No, Carlton is actually, uh, so for those at home, I'm using it, the token of old, our old buddy Carlton to represent where I'm going to drop my spiritual weapon.
0: Ah. All right, I'll, I'll get you to describe your spiritual weapon in a second. I just am amused by the idea that you've summoned Carlton tanks. I think just it funny. should look like Carlton.
2: Cool, I can actually summon it right next to Bee Bird, the smaller red bird.
0: So, so yes, Una, as the space lights up Zeph, Summons their spiritual weapon. What 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 does your spiritual weapon look like?
2: Getting kind of caught off guard in the darkness when Zef sees their alli- like enemies coming upon him, they kind of know what they're doing. It like they they usually flavor it, but this time around, like kind of it goes to that like instinctual like this is what it is, and it's a basically a giant cratered moon that just goes pummeling into things.
0: All right, and so yeah, give me an attack on this this creature.
2: A twenty-six to hit. It does it. For nine points of damage.
0: What kind of damage? Force. All right. Uh, You feel your spiritual moon slam into this creature. You, it takes the brunt of it. There is a brief moment, maybe the light from the stone glints off the slightly glowing spiritual moon, but you do seem to think you see for a second this actual creature. And yeah, it does look like maybe a raven, if a raven was much more fearsome looking. And that was your action bonus action. Would you like to move?
2: I am content where I am.
0: All right, now it's some of my creature's turns. So first up, this one is gonna come around and you will now all see it as it's gonna fly right up to gizmo and una and as it comes into range of the light you now all can see it is this jet black tiny hawk with wicked sharp claws and a beak that like i said you would think it was a raven if it wasn't for like this hooked beak on the end of it uh una you are gonna get attacked with its claws uh i'm assuming a nine doesn't hit
1: no it does not hit Awesome. this is nice i feel like i feel like despite having good armor bernie got hit a lot like stuff just beat her so this is a good change
0: it misses una and it disappears
1: oh this is good this is very good this is wonderful
0: and now it's the other one's turn. This one is slowed. So this one with slow their movement is halved? Yeah, halved. Okay. I gotta do some math. Math is hard. I
3: love that molasses is one of the components for the slow spell. Oh, it's that great. yeah. Hence yeah.
1: the phrase slower than molasses.
0: So some of you watch as this creature that and has slowed flies behind the the big pillar so that it is out of sight and shielded from the light. All of a sudden, you all see this tiny little hawk appear almost practically on top of the light. And then it flies straight towards Thaviyappan the rest of the way. And it's gonna do one attack against Thaviyappan. 12, does a 12 hit?
3: 12 matches my AC.
0: If it meets, it beats. Well, hold on. So what's
4: Thaviyappan's dexterity? Um, My dex is negative one. Oh, okay.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Listen, children aren't that fast, so he never had to work on his
3: cardio. Yes, but parents are the ones chasing them, not the, not the performance, not the talent, not our own.
0: Savi up and you're going to take nine slashing damage and three necrotic damage as these talents dig and burn into your side. So yeah, I need you to make a a saving throw to see if you can can maintain concentration on the slow.
4: Okay, what kind of wisdom saving throw? Essentially a constitution saving throw. Con, okay.
0: Yes, yep, you save. Cool. So you can maintain concentration on the slow and then does this creature get another saving throw or is that it until you
3: drop the slow? Creature affected by the spell makes another wisdom saving throw at the end of the, each of its turns. On a successful save, the effect ends for it. So they can save. Okay,
0: that's a seven.
3: That does not save.
0: Does not save. It, it continues to be slowed. <laughs> and it is the end of its turn. El Torito, you are up.
4: Well, El Torito is like, oh, well, I thought I was going to have to go a lot further to kill this thing. But, uh, all right, tiny rage. And he bursts it into almost a light with his divine fury. Uh, so he is going to rage. Awesome. Can I stand right here?
0: Make me a acrobatics check.
4: All right. Uh, that's a one. So.
0: so for our listeners at home, where El Torito is trying to stand is the the five foot rise. The dexterity saving throw is to see whether you could stand there without slipping down. Down away from it. With a one, why does El Torito fail at staying in this? Sl-
4: and it says, uh, not a good idea, and then just ends up right here, sadly. So not flanking, but no problem. He is going to do this first attack reckless. I did look up, it's just for the first attack. Uh that's gonna be an 18 to hit. That hits? Alright, let's go ahead and do some damage. It's nine bludgeoning damage, and then with he gets to roll his divine fury, which is another six radiant damage on his first attack. Awesome. Alright, second attack. Uh that's eleven.
0: Uh, eleven does not hit. Your foot slips a little bit more on some of those rocks, and that one just barely grazes this thing. Okay.
4: All right. Uh, that's what he does. And uh, he stands there and menaces the bird and says, Why don't you come and fight me? <laughs> All
0: right. Una, it is your turn.
1: Okay. I'm going to have to do something that is against Una's instinct. Well, against my okay. not Una's instinct. My better instinct. Una is going to start by moving. Okay. Just a little bit. She's going to move counterclockwise if the center of the clock is that big stone pillar. So that okay. she's trying to not like not get close enough to this little red bird up there that doesn't like get an attack on her team but she wants to be able to see the other two birds on the other side of the pillar so i figure that's not all her movement but you know what i mean like she's moving like half her movement
0: so she'll have to move a little bit more in order to see both of them clearly right now you can see the big one well that's
1: fine the big, the big one's
0: all i need so
1: then una's gonna cast Measure twice, cast once. Okay. <laughs> Una's gonna cast shatter. Okay. And she is going to center the point
0: on the big bird. Let me ask two questions. One, is any of this spell, cause I know it's an area of effect. Are you having any of it land on the pillar in the middle of the room? Oh. Am I having any
1: of it land? On? I
0: mean, shatter doesn't actually
1: shatter. It's a noise
0: if I remember the spell correctly, and I might be wrong, it does damage to inanimate objects.
1: Is a stone pillar an object in the
0: sense that it's- It is. And I'm gonna say Una would know all of this and Una okay. knows her spells. So I'm letting you know in advance Let me do whether a measure. You... Okay, so instead,
1: yep, that's and still you can... in range. She's gonna do it so that it's, she's gonna do it a little bit beyond said bird so that- its range would get the birds and it would not in turn harm the pillar that would then bring things crack because Una knows that Zeph would be very unhappy if the archaeological site was destroyed and that they would be secondarily unhappy if our lives were destroyed.
2: And this is true knows that this otherworldly being known as Jules would feel really bad about ruining an archaeological thick site.
0: I would feel mildly, yes, I'd feel bad. I'd feel bad. The weird voice in all of your heads knows that you wouldn't want that as an unintended consequence, which is why I asked. So. But yes, you can absolutely place it so that it does not get the load-bearing pillar. There's a city above our heads.
1: There is. Oh, <laughs> there yeah. could, we could kill people if I... Okay, 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 hold on now, listen. Now hear me out, hear me out, now here's hear me out, hear me out. What if... I did place it near the pillar, and I have forever become known as the person who destroyed a city with a level two spell.
0: The distinguished adventurers are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's a Dungeons and Dragons strategy video game that brings together D and D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple live streams into a single grand adventure. It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from our favorite D&D streams, books, and more. Every week there's something new happening in the game, and it's available on almost any platform. Need some loot to gear up your champions? We're happy to offer a free Electrum Chest to all of our listeners. This week's code expires on February 25th at 8pm Pacific. So open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. C-A-I-N-W-H-I-P S-U-G-H so use that code and let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got and now enough of the Loot Drops, back to the show Una, give me a investigation check. I'm not gonna make you do an action or anything but if you would like to make an investigation check I will tell you more Okay, tell me. okay, okay,
1: okay oh, I
0: well, that's a 13.
1: So I feel like with a 13, I should get a general idea of whether or not I
0: would destroy the city with a level two spell. Here's what I'll say with a 13. You're actually pretty sure that you're far enough underground. This wouldn't affect Yong Jing at all.
1: It would just kill us.
0: You have no idea what it would do to this cavern. Huh. You know,
1: I think this is called the Call of the Void because this is really tempting, but I don't want to make people roll new characters. This is, I this is, ladies and gentlemen, you're experiencing alongside me, hopefully, the Call of the Void in real life, and even for those of you who were going, like, shatter the pillars, shatter, like, in your heads you were hoping, tweet at the Distinguished, or, or Zeet, or if you're on Blue Sky, or whatever social media platform that you're on, that we're on, please tell me if you would have destroyed the pillar um, and Mm. the hopes and dreams of your friends who you love very dearly, I'm gonna place it so that it doesn't kill us all, but hopefully harms the bird. Sure.
0: Uh, What is the saving throw they must make? Constitution saving throw. The big one gets a 22. Well. (laughs) I believe Shatter, they're still gonna get half damage though. Uh, And then- Yes. The tiny one gets a 14. That meets it. Meets it beats. So they both pass, but like I said, I'm pretty sure shatter is still half damage on a save. So go ahead and roll your damage and they just won't take quite so much. be. They both
1: take half a 19 and that's whatever it is damage. They take nine something damage, nine ouchies damage.
0: It's thunder damage. Okay, you're not exactly sure how they manage to not take as much damage. Maybe it's the fact that both of these creatures are weird bird-like things, so they don't have ears in a traditional sense. They've just got those weird holes in the side of their head. And these are creatures that you've never seen before, so who knows? what they can do for their hearing. You do hit both of them, but they, they don't take as much damage as you hope. You've moved and actioned. Is there any other movement you want or bonus action? Uh, I don't think I have any bonus
1: actions actually right now. I was checking my cantrips.
0: All right. Then it's it's the big one's turn. The big one, it was gonna do that, but yeah, now it's gonna do this. It had been kind of creeping along this pillar with the other two tiny ones, but it turns. Oh no. Because what happens is a thing that Zeph is surprised by because for all of you, this spiritual weapon is very obviously a magical artifact, It is, and it is not necessarily a physical formed thing, but for people who don't know or for beasts or creatures that are not intelligent enough to know, (laughs) they often think that it is a real thing. This giant beast just runs right through it, directly up to Una. Doesn't even flinch.
2: Mm, so it has intelligence.
0: Una, this creature comes up to you, and it is going to attack you with its—it's it's going to attack you with its beak and its talons. But it—it it almost, for a very brief moment, like a hunting dog, <laughs> sniffs you, and then brings its. Down on top of you, does a dirty twenty hit?
1: D- yeah, no, actually it doesn't. It doesn't hit at all, Lauren. <laughs> <more. laughs> okay. Yes,
0: yes. You're gonna take sixteen piercing damage. Do you currently have any spells on you, or that you're concentrating on? Uh, no, actually. Do you have any magic items on you?
1: The only thing she has on her is like some moss, and that's right. in a pocket. Una's got good pockets, but those aren't
0: magic. Those are well
1: tailored.
0: That That is true. Well, so here's the weird good thing about this. So it sniffs and it brings its beak down and then it scoffs and you're gonna get an attack of opportunity as it's going to gallop past you.
3: Uh-oh.
1: I'm gonna do like the hitting kind.
2: Gizmo's there. Gizmo. And Gizmo's also
0: going to make an attack of opportunity.
1: Gizmo makes the okay. attack of opportunity first.
0: Uh, sure. Because I don't think either of these are going to stop the movement. So we can do these in any order. Uh,
1: actually
2: Gizmo has the sentinel feet. Yeah. Yeah. She, she does not. That would be
4: amazing.
0: <laughs> Gizmo's a level 12 fighter and you just didn't even know it.
2: So her claws can't attack, but can take other actions as normal. I guess it doesn't, it doesn't take attack of opportunities because she's a familiar. Never mind. I forgot that that's a familiar's restriction is that they can't attack. I mean, if I hit, it was going to be all of one slashing damage.
0: But sometimes, sometimes it's the, it just makes you feel better. I,
2: I just need to know. I just need to know.
0: All right, here we go.
1: Rapier. Let's do it. That's going to be a 23 to hit. That will hit.
2: And
4: sneak attack. Sneak attack.
1: Okay. Hold on. So I did the damage to the six and then sneak attack three.
0: Okay. Did you roll all ones or something? It just said 1d6. Yeah, she's a very low-level rogue.
1: I'm a little tiny oh. rogue. Oh, that's right. I'm You're a, baby, baby, right, right. You're a
0: multi-class,
1: multi-class. i forgot. She's
0: she, she, she yeah. a baby rogue, but you did slash into this creature, and you did hit it, and you did damage, and it, it took the whole thing that you gave it mm-hmm. as it runs past you mm-hmm. to Sveilin. Uh Zephalen, it is going to do the same thing and then come down on you with its beak. Does a 19 hit.
2: Nope, no shield. It hits me. It's, it hits me, hits me good.
0: You are going to take 21 piercing damage. <sighs> and are you concentrating on a, on a spell or do you have a spell effect on you right now?
2: So fortunately light and uh spiritual weapon are not concentrations. I do have a magic item on me.
0: Okay. I need you to make a charisma saving throw.
2: Okay. Uh,
0: I'm actually proficient at that.
2: I'm not very charismatic, but I am proficient. 15.
0: If it meets it beats, that is exactly what oh, like it is. Oh yeah.
2: I keep my amulet in the devout.
0: Unlike what it did to Una, as it comes back from this attack, it continues to look hungrily at you. That is the end of its turn. Thubby up and we are back to the top of the round.
3: Okay. Alright. So kind of a housekeeping question here. If I were to cast, oh gosh, what was it called again? Oh yes, Nylock Snowball Storm right on the, the Big Bird beast beak. Would I be able to catch Bee Bird without getting El Torito in the crossfire?
0: How big is the area of effect?
3: Area of effect is five foot radius.
4: It doesn't look like there's a way to get both birds without getting an ally. That's correct. Because it's the square... That it's targeting and then the radius around that square it depends but most of the time it's the square that's the target and then the five foot radius around that square
0: you could get both of them but you would either include el Torito or zephalon or you could just get the big bird as
4: el Torito sees you winding up he's like oh don't worry about me I- i'm good at avoiding these things okay that's uh that's good enough for me
3: um <laughs> we're gonna cast S- S- uh how's this guy's name again snilock, snilock.
0: You know what, in this moment, whatever you say is true. Steve's Snowball swoop. There you go. Is that an attack for you, that you roll, or is that a save for me?
3: It's uh what do you call it? It's a five, it's a save for you. I think it's a deck saving throw. All right.
0: Here's the, the tiny little hawk, which rolls a 10, which I don't think saves. Here's the giant, giant beast, which rolled a 19. That saves,
3: but at least the big one takes half damage. So it's gonna be right. three die six of cool damage. And I mean, nice. those, hold on, hold on.
4: One more, one more creature four needs to make actually. their save.
0: Yeah, there is oh, El, El Torito. Torito.
4: Sorry. It's okay. Maybe less okay. Uh, what was your DC? 14. Meats All right. A piece, I'm right? fine.
3: <laughs> Meets a beats. All right. So that's actually four dice six because it has to the third level. Here we go. Oof. That's a lot of dice. Uh, two twos. Come on. So 16 damage uh, for one of them. And then uh, eight for the other two creatures that are caught in the crossfire.
0: All right. So the good news is the the tiny little very wicked looking bird that had been menacing all of you as the snowballs rain down upon it, the white snowballs pelting these black feathers, it finally gives out this unearthly shriek and then falls to the ground dead. The big beast... You at home, do your own unearthly shriek. I am not going to make my audio peak for you. Um, the big one, d- despite its size, seems to move just enough and is only pelted with half of it.
3: Okay, dokie. All right, so stuff in movement. I think I am going to run back off of the uh, the mountain here. Alright, so I don't know if I want to live on the edge. I don't think I'm a very Dexy boy, so... Maybe right behind El Torito, like a coward, is is where... Luffyupin does not fight. He's not really been in combat situations before, Is not real ones. It's
1: incumbent on me to point out that El Torito is definitely shorter than you.
3: (laughs)
2: Oh, yeah easily half your height
1: oh yeah you're it's like' a bigger in
2: personality
1: yeah exactly. oh yeah a hundred percent but I imagine this is akin to trying to hide behind a beach ball well like- uh, so he
4: is pretty <laughs> wide for a goblin <laughs> uh, across the
0: shoulders you' <laughs> you you are actually supporting the beach ball argument that's fun I love it Upin, <laughs> is there anything else you need to you want to do
3: I think uh, I thought open to what to say go birds.
4: Boom, boom.
1: <laughs> God, oh God, that took too long to hit.
4: Yep, yep, yep. We're there, we're there now. We're there, we're there.
1: Everyone's here, we're all yep. here, gang's all here.
2: When this thing got real up and close and personal with me, could I tell the type of creature it was? Not like what the monster is, but like if it were celestial, fae, fiend, undead, anything like that?
0: Roll me a nature check. 10. Here's what I will give you with a 10. It's not one of the weird outer planar creatures. This is not some kind of aberration. This isn't a celestial, this isn't a fiend. You don't think it's a fey. You're unsure what it is. You've never seen anything like this before.
2: No, then uh, I would not be confident in my abilities on that. So this thing's right up on me and it seems to be able to sense my magic. So I'm gonna have Gizmo harry the thing to give me advantage, to cancel out my disadvantage, for a guiding bolt. uh, All right. Upcast at second level, 23 to hit.
0: Absolutely.
2: That is 12 radiant damage.
0: All right, and?
2: Oh, and the next attack has, yeah, the next attack has advantage.
0: Awesome. So yeah, it, it takes a guiding bolt to the face. How does Gizmo harry this thing so that you, you can shoot it right in its face?
2: Anybody who knows, has a cat knows the <laughs> early morning meows of feed me. Mm. That is really annoying and completely distracts you from whatever you're doing. So she flies up to sing. And, wow, and this thing is like, I, I'm not your owner. I'm not going to feed you. And That's what I hit him. When it turns to do that, I blasted the side of face with a guiding bolt.
0: I love, I love it. it. Yep. It, its giant beak tries to snatch Gizmo out of the air and stop the meowing, but it fails miserably. Uh, anything else? I
2: need to get away. Because moving the spiritual weapon is part of the bonus action to attack with it, right? It's not a Correct. free movement.
0: Correct. Yeah, it's yeah. not free movement, but yeah, I believe yeah. if you're able to move it into range, then it can, I believe it can still attack. That's how yeah. we used to play.
2: Yeah, I think the movement is the bonus action. If it's within range, then it attacks. All right, yeah. so other bonus actions that I have are a whole lot of nothing right now. So we are just going to try to get that 5, 10, 15, 20. Bring that spiritual weapon a little bit closer. And then I will move myself over to El Torito to.
1: Also stand behind El Torito. Yeah. I
4: oh, don't know. That uh, a that, that big
2: personality. Uh, yeah, but no, I'm in, I'm in melee with this thing. I know it's going to snap at me.
4: As you get close, El Torito's like, hey, you see, like, El Torito's eyes are white. And there's like almost energy coming off the top of his head, sort of like. Is he going Super Saiyan? Eat. A little bit, T- not uh, not Super Saiyan, more like, more like Saiyan. We'll say, <laughs> legally Saiyan. distinct No, no, no. Saiyan. Just just say it. He doesn't get. He doesn't get Great Saiyan, Saiyan until level <laughs> it's eight. It's S A Y I N. So it's legally And then fourteenth level, he'll be Super Saiyan. But but for right now, he looks up at you, and it's a little weird. He's like, "I do not think the power of the gods will affect this thing any further than it already does."
0: All
2: right, uh, and then I will pass the turn. Awesome. As if I were staying in magic.
0: (laughs) It's the other little bird's turn. Yeah, I guess that makes the most sense. Una, you watch as about 15 feet away from you, this other bird that had been behind the pillar in the shadow of the light suddenly into existence and then continues to fly up to you. God damn it. Gonna try to tell on you. But he <laughs> continues to roll real poorly. Does a nine hit. Alright. Oh,
3: tellin' you, not tell on you. <laughs> I, thought I heard that too.
0: It's gonna stay there this time. So that's that's the end of it. Uh now it's El Torito.
4: El Torito runs under Zefalon's legs. Uh so he is going to hit it uh as it's glowing. Uh yeah. and not do reckless. He is going to attack again with a montage. Uh, I don't think a 13 hits. Oh,
0: it just misses. All
4: right, let's try that again.
0: It manages to move its shoulder out of the way just in time.
4: All right, so one more attack.
0: 15 should hit. 15 does hit.
4: All right, so let's. You kind of
0: get it on the upswing.
4: All right, so 10 bludgeoning damage. Let's okay. go ahead and do the Divine Fury for Radiant Damage. And then he is going to Fury of the Small.
0: Ah. I love when you it. damage
4: a creature whose size is larger than you with an attack or spell, you deal an extra uh, damage equal to your proficiency, which in this case is three. So he gets an extra three damage.
0: Awesome. I love it. And yes, this creature is massive. It is not just bigger than you, it is extremely bigger than you. So yeah, it takes all that damage. Anything else?
4: I think he's going to hold his Warhammer in one hand. He's gonna pull a hand axe, and I think he can still attack with the hand axe. He just will not get his strength bonus. He will only get the weapon damage. So yeah, he's gonna do that, and then he's just gonna immediately drop his hand axe. Alright, soft 20. That hits? For three more damage. Awesome. All right, and he drops the hand axe immediately and, and resumes two-handing his war hammer.
0: Awesome. Anything else? That's it. Una, you got you got a bird next to you and a bird behind you. got a bird next,
1: birds to the left, birds to the
0: right. And here you are stuck in the middle mm. with uh, a spiritual in, weapon.
1: Um, a spirit with a spiritual weapon, exactly.
0: With your best friend Carlton. Exactly.
1: <laughs> There's nobody that's gonna get harmed in a 15-foot cube from me,
0: so I'm a thunder wave. All right. Uh, What's the save on that? It is
1: a constitution
0: save. (laughs) Rolled a five. Thunder!
1: Finally. And it's 2d8
0: thunder damage. So let's see how this goes. Six. That is actually just enough. You send out this thunderous wave that hits the bird. You almost uh, watch as a bunch of its feathers fly off, ripped out as the the wave passes through it. It tumbles in the air, landing on the ground. And while this one doesn't shriek, you do hear kind of a strangled (sighs) in the back of its throat as it dies. Hooray! Anything else you would like to do? No. All right. It is now the big, well, the only thing that's left. It's its turn. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, then visit us at distinguishedadventurers.com. There you can find links to our podcast and social media, pictures and bios of our cast, info on our Patreon, and much more. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our Patreon patrons, and extend a special thanks to our top-tier patrons. Thank you Megan, Jesse Florence, Forrest, a.k.a. StabbyQuest, Nate Zakari, Rebecca, aka Bunny Monster, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, John Oddy, Linnea Boyev, and Hunted Shadows LLC.